Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Paramahansa Paravachakachari Sadasthasa Shri Shri Mare Si Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Jai Ananta Koti Vaishnavrinda Ki Jai Namacharja Shri Lahari Rastakur Ki Jai Premsikho Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vastikor Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai Shri Shri Radha Krishna Gogopi Nata Shaima Kunda Radha Kunda Giri Govardhana Ki Jai Vrindavan Dharma Ki Jai Mathura Dharma Ki Jai Dwarka Puri Dharma Ki Jai Nabhavit Mayapur Dharma Ki Jai Jagannath Puri Dharma Ki Jai Jagannath Swami Ki Jai Ganga Mai Ki Jai Jamuna Mai Ki Jai Tosi Devi Ki Jai Bhakti Devi Ki Jai Harinama Sankirtan Ki Jai all glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories, all glories to Sri Sri Guru and Sri Garanga. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Pijanavalaba Giribada Dari O 
Holti Vaishnav Rindikijai, Srinamacharya Silaharidas Thakur Kijai, Brayam Sikau Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhuditananda, Sri Advaita Gadadhar Srivasati Gaur Bhakta Rindikijai, Sri Sri Radha Krishna Gopagopanath Shaimakunda Radha Kun Giri Govardhan Kijai, Srila Prabhupada Kijai, Grantarad Srimad Bhagavatam Kijai, Gaur Premanande, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories, all glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Goranga. Namo Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Sri Mate Bhaktivedanta Swami Niti Namane Namaste Saraswati Devi Goravani Pacharine Nirvasesha Sanyavari Paschata Deshatarine <coughs> Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So, thank you all for coming. Uh, this morning's class in the Srimad Bhagavatam 10th Canto, Chapter 38, Text 37, is that it? Huh? 37, 38. Oh, here it is. Okay. There's two verses. I guess there's just that first verse on the board that we're going to chant, huh? Okay. Yeah. Sankarsanas Cha Pranatam Upa Upaguya Mahamanaha Grihitva Panina Pani Anayat Sanujo Griham Sankarshanascha Pranatam Upagayu Mahamanaha Grihitva Panina Pani Anayat Sanujo Griham Sankarshanascha Pranatam Upa Guya Mahamanaha Grihitva Panina Pani Anayat Sanujo Griham Sankarshanascha Pranatam Upaguya Mahamanaha Grihitva Panina Pani Anayat Sanujogriham
Others? Pristvahaswa agatam tasmai nivedya chavarasanam Praksalya vidhivat pado madhu park hanam aharat Sankarshanaha Lord Balaram Cha and Pranatam who was standing with his head bowed. Upagayu, excuse me, Upaguha, embracing. Maha Manaha, magnanimous. Grihitva, taking hold of. Panina, with his hand. Pani, his two hands. Anayat, <coughs> he took. Sa'anujaha, with his younger brother, Lord Krishna. Griham, to his residence. Prishtva, inquiring. Ata, then. Suagatam, about the comfort of his trip. Tasmai unto him. And this this word Tasmai, Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha, Tasmai unto him. Nivedya offering. Cha and Bara excellent. Asanam a seat. Prakasal. Prakshalya <coughs> washing Vidhivat in accordance with spiritual injunctions Pado his feet Madhu Parka what is Madhu Parka? Huh? Madhu Parka Milk with honey. Honey mixed with milk. It sounds like it would be more honey than milk because it's honey mixed with milk huh? rather than milk mixed with honey. Sounds like it. Sounds pretty sweet. Arhanam as a respectful offering. Ah, aharat 
he brought. Translation. As Akrura stood with his head bowed, Lord Sankarshan, Balaram, grasped his joined hands, and then Balaram took him to his house in the company of Lord Krishna. After inquiring from Akrura whether his trip had been comfortable, Balaram offered him a first-class seat, bathed his feet in accordance with the injunctions of Scripture, and respectfully served him milk with honey. So I say, and you can repeat, as Akrua stood <clears throat> with his head bowed, Lord Sankarshan, Balaram, grasped his joined hands, and then Balaram took him to his house in the company of Lord Krishna. After inquiring from Akrua, whether his trip had been comfortable, Balaram offered him a first-class seat, bathed his feet in accordance with the injunctions of Scripture, and respectfully served him milk with honey. So, um, and then the next verse... 39. Nivedya gam chati haye samvahaya srantam adurtaha anambahu gunam medyam sradhayo paharat vibhu. Translation. The Almighty Lord Balaram presented Akrura with the gift of a cow massaged his feet to relieve him of fatigue, and then with great respect and faith fed him suitably prepared food of various fine tastes. Can you just imagine? Well, we can't. We can't. Being in the presence of Krishna and Balaram. So, purport. Purport. According to Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti, Akrur went to Krishna and Balaram's house on the twelfth lunar day, on which one should not break a fast at night. However, Akrura dispensed with this formality because he was eager to receive food in the Lord's house. Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Panchakalpa Tarubhyascha Kripasindubhyevacha Patitanampa Vanebhya Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha So, uh, once again, I'll read these two verses together. And it's good if we can try. It's probably not possible to, but let's try to imagine ourselves in Akura's position. Okay? You've just traveled to Vrindavan. And all the way, you've been meditating. See, this is unfolding just exactly the way Akrur was thinking it was going to be. He was having this vision all the way. Didn't even notice the road. You know? But he's seeing, well, when I get there, Balaram, he will take me to his house. And he will offer me nice foodstuffs. You see? All the way he was thinking. And Lord Krishna will be there. 
he was having this vision. It's unfolding exactly the way he was meditating, you see. So can you imagine being in such a, a position? As Akrua stood with, bowed, with head bowed, so he's still standing with his, with his palms gla- uh, grasped together and his head bowed, okay? And before he could finish and straighten up, Balaram grasped his joined hands. Balaram was so eager to greet him that he came and he grasped his hands, you see? And then, he, uh, and then Balaram took him to his house in the company of Lord Krishna. So Krishna and Balaram are taking Akrura to their house. You know, so they're, they're probably arm in arm, you can imagine. Lord Krishna and Balaram. You know, it's just, yeah. I mean, how, how can we imagine? You see. So uh, they take him to his house. And, and Balaram, first of all, he offers him a first class seat. He doesn't just throw a cushion on the floor or or a carpet sample. You know, he offers him a first-class seat. Now, can you imagine, what is a first-class seat that's offered by Lord Balaram? Huh? We're talking beyond first-class as far as our minds can can grasp. You see, we can't even imagine. So Lord Lord Balaram is giving him this first-class seat. Then he bathes his feet in accordance with scriptural injunctions. So Lord Balaram, the Supreme Personality of Godhead's brother, simultaneously, you know, uh, he, he's bathing Akura's feet. And then he respectfully uh, served him milk with honey. So he's offering him some nice some nice sweet. And he wanted to know, hey, how was your trip? Was your trip comfortable? You know, was, did everything go nicely? Was, you know, did you experience any difficulties along the way? You see? The almighty Lord Balaram presented Akura with the gift of a cow. You know, so after all of this, he brought him into his house He's bathed his feet. He offered him a first-class seat. And then uh, gave him milk and honey. He gives him a cow. <laughs> you, know, <what> a <laughs> you know, what a blessing. So uh, then to top it all off, he massages his feet to relieve him of fatigue. You know, traveling a long way, especially in, uh, in this in that day and age, wasn't extremely comfortable. You know, wasn't so comfortable. Even now, if you travel along the road around Braj, there's so much dust, you see. It gets, it clogs up your nostrils. But just think of it. We all want the dust of Brindavan, right? We want the the dust of Brindavan. It's very, very valuable to us. And the good news is, there's lots of it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's true. As you walk along uh, many parts of Brindavan, you, you, the dust is getting into your shoes. You know, it's just, it's, it's here and there and it's everywhere. It's a blessing. It's Lord Krishna's blessing. There's lots of, of dust in Braj. So, uh, anyway, he's massaging his Akura's 
feet after this uh, long, uncomfortable ride. And then with respect, he fed him suitably prepared food of various fine tastes. Suitably, suitably prepared um, would be something light, I'm sure, because this is the 12th lunar day and uh, one should not break the fast at night. So the sun has set. The sun was setting by the time Akura got to Brindavan. So, uh, but Balaram wants to feed him anyway, you see. Now, what would you do if you're in this situation? Would you tell Lord Balaram and Lord Krishna, no, thank you. No food for me. I'm going to absorb, uh, observe the fast. You know, would you do like that to show how first class a devotee you are? Huh? No. <laughs> you humbly accept the Lord is offering. You see. So, uh, yes, it's important to observe a fast. It's important. However, there are some times that we waive these, uh, these things. When, is it ever permissible to uh, break a kadashi? Is it ever okay? That's one. Yeah. But Prabhupada said if you're preaching, if you'll go distribute books, you can eat grains on Ekadashi. If you'll go out and preach, and you need the strength, eat grains on Ekadashi. So Ekadashi is very important. Very, very important. We all know that. We're raised knowing Ekadashi is extremely important. But Srila Prabhupada points out that more important than observing Ekadashi is preaching. Preaching. Distributing books. If you'll distribute my books, eat grains on Ekadashi. Now, he didn't mean that, well, you know, I, today's Ekadashi and I want to eat some, some grains, so I'll go out and distribute a couple of books and eat grains. No, if you're, gonna, if you're sincerely engaged in preaching, do the necessary to maintain your, your health and your strength, you see. So, uh, uh, for the purpose of preaching, also, if you're in the presence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and He offers you something, you accept it right away. You see. So, uh, this is Mahaprasadam. It's coming directly from the hand of the Lord. This is Mahaprasadam. When someone offers you Mahaprasadam, the proper thing to do is what? Grab it. Oh, wait a minute. Should I look and see what it is first? I may, maybe it's Bundiladu, and I don't like Bundiladu. So is it okay to say, no, no, that's okay, I don't want that's, that's offensive. Someone offers you Mahaprasadam, the only thing you do is you grab it and throw it in your mouth. You shouldn't. Actually, it's not even proper to save it. You can. You can, you know, that's, but it's best. It's, it should be accepted and taken immediately. You see. We, uh, it's difficult for us to see the value of Mahaprasadam. You know why? Because we're, we're accustomed to having lots of it around. You see. We, we take it for granted. It, it, to us, 
uh, it kind of gets to be like food. It's food. It's something for me to put in my face. So, yeah, oh, give me that. No, no, not that one. No, give me, yes. yeah, that one over there. I'll take that, you know. Oh, no, not that. Oh, oh. you know, bang. Big offense. You accept it. You grab it immediately. Because it's coming directly from Krishna's hand. Now, the deity's not handing it off the altar, but it was offered directly to the deity by his servant, the confidential servants of the Pajaris, transferred from his very plate to something else, some other vessel, and offered to you. What do you do? Grab all of it you can. Eat it. Worry about what it is later on. Srila Prabhupada, when he finished taking prasadam, he would have some maha. The devotees always gave him more than he could eat, you know. Because, why do you think they did that? Huh? They wanted, his, they wanted him to leave some remnants, you know. So, uh, Prabhupada, when he was finished, he would dump the bowls out, whatever he had left on his plate, and he would stir it up. Stir it around and around. The sweet, the rice, the sabji, everything. Stir it up. Why do you think he did that? To prevent us from making the offense of accepting or rejecting something off of his plate. So when they came around with Prabhupada, I used to hang outside of his room. I remember in Mayapur in 1976, I would always be hanging outside of his room you know, looking in, and when Prabhupada finished, I think, oh boy, you know. And usually it was Pusta Krishna that would come out, and he'd have Prabhupada's maha. And he would, he'd say, oh, you're here again, huh? So he would just, he would reach in the plate, I'd hold my hand out, he would give it, and it went straight in my mouth. I didn't stop to think, oh, okay, well, what is this, you know? Uh, here, take this one back, I don't think. And give me more of that one over there. No, it came off Prabhupada's plate. Bam. Wow. <laughs> right away. And then I stuck my hand out for more. Sometimes I got, sometimes he would say, Well, you're really, you know, you're eager. You're here every day. And you, you know. So, um, so that mercy uh, of Krishna, we accept the mercy of the Lord. You see, we grab it. We shouldn't be embarrassed. We shouldn't think, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm not deserving. You know, I've said this a lot. Oh, I, no, 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 I'm, I'm just, I'm not deserving. I'm, uh, no, immediately, you go, of course, we all know that. We all know that we're not deserving. None of us are deserving, okay? Does anybody here that feels they deserve? I didn't think so. No, we don't deserve this is causeless mercy. God's causeless mercy is coming upon us through the mercy of his pure devotee. And his pure devotee's devotees. And their devotees. You see? So this mercy is coming down. It's causeless. We don't deserve. Now that we've got that out of the way, grab all the mercy you can. You see? It's available. It's flowing like... Uh, like the Ganges River. There's so much. We're, we're uh, immersed in mercy. So therefore, we might sometimes 
have a tendency to take it for granted. You know? Well, there's always prasadam in there, you know? Isn't there? I mean, every day there's, not only that, there's ample supply of prasadam. It's everywhere. Several times a day you can walk into the prasadam room and it's like magic. There's all this prasadam that's, that's there, you know? It's just, it keeps coming. The Lord keeps pouring mercy. Now, how many times do we catch ourselves running through the prasadam room and accepting or rejecting? Oh, Maha's out. No, I don't want that, but I'll take some of that. You know, it's better if you just take it. Take some, take some Maha prasadam. It's better, you see. But don't turn your nose up at any, anything, you see, any Maha. Let's not uh, fail to accept any mercy that comes from the Lord. Any mercy. We should accept this mercy. You see? Can you imagine uh, if Akrua had said, when, when Lord Balaram approached him, and he wants to take him to his house, Akrua says, you know, not really. I just... I've just come from a you know long way, and I've been. It's kind of a rough trip. I'm just thinking about maybe taking a quick bath and going to bed early. You know, see you tomorrow. Why don't you and Krishna turn in? We'll get together tomorrow, huh? I'm tired. I'm dirty. I'm, I've got the dust of Braj all over me, and I'm tired. I want to turn in. You know, would Balaram have understood? Isn't that legitimate? Balaram's not going to say, oh, wait a minute. No, buddy, you're coming to my house. Balaram would respectfully, oh, okay, I understand you're tired. You know, you're, you're feeling like you are f- fatigued and you'd like to take a bath. That's legitimate. But a crewer is too smart. He doesn't care how he feels. He doesn't, he doesn't care how tired he is. He's going to accept the mercy of the Lord. The Lord is saying, come to my house. You see? He's not thinking, well, but there's this movie that I wanted to see on uh, Netflix. You know, there's something I wanted to do. Or, You see? Immediately, he's grabbing the mercy. He's accepting the mercy. So, uh, we all know that we're not deserving. We're so unqualified. So, but let's grab whatever mercy that uh, is coming to us. Whatever Krishna's mercy is coming. Prabhupada said one should never be shy, never be bashful around two things. What is that? What are those two things? I know you know. What was it Prabhupada said? Always accept very quickly prasadam when it's offered to you. And money. If somebody offers you money, you accept it. That's because you're bona fide. You're going to use this money in Krishna's service. They're not offering it to you. They're offering it to Krishna. You, on behalf of Krishna, will accept it and engage it. You see? You accept it and engage it in Krishna's service. You know, some, it's just like uh, this one devotee or one 
Yeah, one devotee, a non-ISKCON devotee, was telling, um, I forget who the sannyasi was, ISKCON sannyasi. He was one of my godbrothers. He was telling him that uh, his guru, a non-ISKCON guru, was so renounced that when someone offered him money, he would turn his head away. He wouldn't touch it. He would, he would turn his head away. And this uh, sannyasi godbrother of mine said, Well, yes, my guru is A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. And I'm here to tell you that if you offer him money, there's two things he's going to do. He's going to take it and he's going to count it. And then he's going to put it in Krishna's service. You see? So, we should accept the mercy of Krishna. And when someone makes an offering to Krishna, accept it on his behalf. Use it in his service. You see? So we can see this is a demonstration, as we, we've talked about before, uh, earlier uh, this week. This is a demonstration of how we devotees should deal with one another. The Lord... Uh, he is following prescribed duties. Scripturally, he was, we're required to do these things. To a guest, when we have a guest. When a friend comes over, we may think, oh, I don't know. If my buddy comes over, I'm not going to take him and wash his feet. You know, I'm not going to go through this whole process. You know, if Rupa comes to your house, he comes to pick you up and you're going to go someplace, you're not going to say, hey, wait a minute, come in and sit down and wash your feet. If you did, he'd say, no, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. You see. So, perhaps we don't get as formal as this, but we should always follow the etiquette of offering a nice, comfortable seat. Maybe we can't offer as first class a seat as Lord Balaram offered to Akrura, you see. But let's offer them a nice seat, some fresh uh, water, something nice to drink. If you have juice, you could offer them juice, water, milk, what would you like, you see. So the Lord is demonstrating how we should uh, associate, how we should treat one another, you see. And it's not just a mechanical thing that we do. What is, what is actually taking place here? Why is Balaram, Krishna and Balaram don't have to follow any rules. Is it? Rules come from them. They're the source of rules. They don't have to do anything. So why are they going to such lengths with Akura. Not just be, it's, it's not just because it's the right thing to do. What's the, what's the magic word here? What are they feeling for Akura? They love him. They love him. You see? This is genuine. This isn't some play act. This is genuine love from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. They're, they're displaying, uh, they're, they're showing a feeling that we should feel. 
when we deal with one another. You see? Lord Balaram was ecstatic to see Akrur. He was happy to see him. He didn't think, oh no, gosh, this guy shows up. I was planning on going to bed early tonight. Now I got to take him to my house and bathe his feet and give him a place in the honey and milk thing, you know. Uh, darn it. You know, I wanted to sit down with a good book before I went to bed, but she's here, this guy. Wasn't anything like that. He was ecstatic to see Okura, his friend, my dear friend. Oh, this is wonderful. This is a genuine feeling of love coming from Balaram. It's not some. Uh, why would he have to do this? You see, the Lord doesn't have to do this. He didn't have to do this to butter Akura up to find out how Kamsa is treating his family. You think he didn't know? I mean, he is the supreme. You know, he knows. He's uh, the Paramatma. He's also in the heart of Kamsa. So he knows what Kamsa is doing to his family. He's not required to. He's getting nothing out of this. Except he's pouring his love and mercy onto Akura. Out of love. And, and not only that, but he knows in his heart that Akura has been meditating on this moment. Akura, out of love, wants to see Krishna and Balaram. Now, Akura didn't want Balaram to wash his feet. You know, we don't want that. Have you ever had somebody wash your feet? It's, it's very uncomfortable. You just, I mean, it, it could, I'm sure it's an enjoyable thing. Someone washing your feet, it's very nice. You know, nice cool water. Your feet were dirty, now they're clean. It's nice. But it's very uncomfortable because you're thinking, I don't really I don't want you stooping so low as to wash my feet. You know, we would feel better if we washed our own feet, but to have somebody do it for you, that's, you see. So Akur wasn't looking forward. He wasn't thinking, boy, when I get there, man, they're going to be washing my feet. He wanted to associate and, and to share that loving exchange with Krishna and Balaram. And he already knew, if you remember in the previous verses, he, on, on the, uh, in his chariot ride, he's already thinking of this moment. But it's not because, well, you know, I'm going to get some first class food. They're going to give me a great seat. That's not what he's looking for, the foot bathing. He's looking for that embrace. He gets to embrace Lord Krishna and Lord Balaram. He gets to share a loving moment, you see. Balaram knew you've been thinking like that, and therefore it's a tra- you're taking steps towards me. You want to embrace me. That makes me want to embrace you. You see, Krishna thinks like that. Krishna thinks like you want to serve me. That makes me want to serve you. You see, Krishna um, is the personality of Godhead that is reciprocal. You see, as a matter of fact, he wants to one-up you. If you offer some service to him, he wants to return that service plus some. He's just that kind of guy that's, 
sweet heart, you see. Love, loving exchange, you see. Now some, uh, some people see God in a different way. And, and that's okay. That's all right. Some people see God as, as pretty much just the acceptor. You do for me. Maybe I'll do for you, but you do for me. And you better do it or else. Yeah, something will happen. You, if you don't do for me, something negative will descend upon you. You see. So there's that, there is that uh, perception. There is that relationship with the Supreme. But that's not Krishna. You cannot have that relationship with Krishna. It's not going to happen. You see. If you need that kind of reciprocate or that type of relationship, then you need to seek another personality of Godhead other than Krishna. Because it's not going to work with him. You see. Krishna wants to give you. He wants... He's just itching for you to approach him. He wants you to approach. You see, you take one step, he takes ten. He's very eager to have this loving uh, relationship, this loving exchange, you see. When we go back home, back to Godhead, we're going to have to deal with Krishna and Balaram in this same way. This, This... will happen to you. We're sitting here trying to imagine it, you see. And it wouldn't be bad for us to imagine this the rest of our days. As Akrura is imagining on his way to Vrindavan. He knows what's going to happen. The Lord has set out here and showing us what's going to happen. They've demonstrated. When you return back home, back to Godhead, Krishna and Balaram are going to treat you the same way. They're going to give you a first-class seat. You're going, to, you're going to get honey and milk. You're going to get first-class foodstuffs. You see. You're going to get warm, loving embraces. You see. It's not going to be one of those things like you, you know, going to Goloka Vrindavan isn't like moving to Dallas. You know, you, there's so many people that move here if they don't know anybody here, nobody, the, the town of Dallas doesn't know you're here. You know, you could live here for a while before you even meet your neighbor or anything, you see. People move to Dallas and they don't meet anybody until they go to work. You know, they've got a new job, they move to Dallas. Then they go to work and they start meeting people. And you might meet somebody at the store, at the gas station or whatever, but you see. Well, it's not like that. When you go back home, back to Godhead, you know, you, you can't sneak in and blend in. It's not going to happen that way. Krishna and Balaram are going to be there. They're going to be on top of it. Hare Krishna, you're back. You re- oh, why have you been gone so long? Krishna is going to be so ecstatic to see you back home, back to Godhead, that he'll faint which is going to cause you to faint, you see. This warm, loving exchange. So, uh, I've said this before, and I I say it a lot. Uh, ISKCON is training wheels for going back to Godhead. 
You get to practice these moments that are coming to all of us. Some of us sooner than others. But it's available this lifetime. At the end of this lifetime, we could be there. That's not going to be that long, you know. But we could and should be there, standing in front of Krishna and Balaram. You see, this is what's uh, being offered to us. We can and will do this. Everybody in this room has come so far towards going back to Godhead. We, uh, out of humility, we think, oh, I'm so fallen, I'm so unworthy. But for you to get this far, you're a very fortunate soul, very special uh, living entity. The mercy of Krishna, for whatever reason, we don't know, we may never know why. Can you imagine? Maybe we'll ask Krishna someday. You know, after the excitement of going back home, back to Godhead, and you're walking through Vrindavan forest with Krishna hand in hand, you know, you may stop and look at Krishna and say, you know, Krishna, I've been wondering something. How did this happen? I mean, you know, I was just walking down the street and this boy gave me a Bhagavad Gita. How did this happen? I didn't do anything to earn associating with your devotees, to take your prasadam. I did nothing. As a matter of fact, when I first saw the devotees, I thought they were kind of strange. You see? Somehow or other, through your mercy, I came in contact with this movement. And now here I am. I'm just wondering, my Lord, can you explain to me what motivates you to to help me like this? Now we know the word is, he's going to say, because I love you. But why? Why me? You see? Is there an answer to that? We don't know. We don't know. But we'll get a chance to ask Krishna someday. Why? I just feel like I was at the right place at the right time. I just happened to be there. If I was on the other side of the street, I would have missed the book. I wouldn't have got the book. Who knows how many billions of lives that served me. I mean, that that saved me from getting the book. How many billions of lifetimes was I saved from just getting the book? Srila Prabhupada said, even if they see the book, they make great advancement. If they touch it, you know, you may hand the book to them and they say, no, that's not for me, and they hand it back. But they touched it. You've, you've, made, you've caused that person great advancement. You see? So, so it's like that. We're in the process of training for going back to Godhead. As I said before, this is, it's like when you join the Army or the Marines or the Navy or whatever. They have a basic training that they put you through, you know. You don't just start as a sailor or a soldier or a Marine. No, they give you this basic training, and it's intense. They try to give you all the knowledge of what it's like, what you need to know to be a sailor or a Marine or a or a soldier, you learn how to shoot, how to march, and how to dig ditches, all the things that they do. But you learn all this, how to operate the, the machinery, 
you know, Misha, you were in the armed forces. You went through basic training. It's, it's like that, isn't it? You know, it's intense. So, ISKCON is basic training for going back to Godhead. You're in basic training. And it's going to be intense. It's going to be intense. You've got to give up 150 billion years or longer. How many billions of births of being an illusion do you have? To, how, how much um, um, conditioning do you have to overcome in this lifetime to go back home, back to Godhead? We can't take our conditioning back home with us. We have to give it up. So this ISKCON is a process of giving up your conditioning. You see, we're, we're being polished. This is a polishing process so that we can go associate with the Supreme Lord. First, we learn how to associate with his devotees. You see, so we can't see each other as ordinary people. Nobody here is, is an ordinary person. Somehow or other, Krishna has a process, which we may never understand, of choosing those that this uh, movement will be exposed to. And will get an opportunity to come and join this family to be trained up to go back to Godhead this lifetime. If you choose. You may say, well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if, if I can take the training, you know. Uh, gee whiz, Krishna, I know that you're offering me a, a chance to go back to Godhead this lifetime. But I'm pretty attached to some really neat things that I, I find very attractive here in the material world. So maybe, could we do this in maybe three or four, maybe ten lifetimes? I mean, I appreciate your offer. It's very kind of you. Thank you, Lord. Uh, I guess what I'm saying, Lord, is thanks, but no thanks. I'm, uh, I, don't want it, I don't want you to take the offer back. I don't want you to rescind it. But I just want to extend it a little bit, you know. Give me another couple of lifetimes on top of this one so I can... Because I really think that there's some enjoyment that I can squeeze out of the material energy. Now, I haven't been able to do it yet, but I think I can, you know. And I don't know if I can finish up all the things that I want to do here in the material world in this one lifetime. So it's very kind of you. Thank you. But, uh, you know, keep me on your list of people to go back to Godhead. And maybe we'll do this next time. You know? So I guess what I'm saying is give me a human birth. Next birth, give me a human birth. And not in some weird planet. You know, I want a nice planet like Earth. Maybe better. Better wouldn't be bad. You know. And, and let me have this knowledge. That I want to still have this material knowledge. I mean, this spiritual knowledge. And I want some material benefit, you know. I mean, you know, like wealth wouldn't hurt. Beauty would be kind of nice too. Fame, I could take some of that. And with that, I can get adoration and dis distinction. You know. And, uh, and then maybe, 
Of course, if I get all that, then maybe I would want to have that life and maybe another one like that. So maybe not next time, but time after next, we'll go back to Godhead. So you, you, you keep the flower airplane parked out there and I'll get on it when I'm ready. How's that, you know? <laughs> Are we doing this? You know? That's silly if we're thinking like that. No, Prabhupada said you should want to go back to Godhead. You should. We shouldn't say, oh, but my dear Lord, I, I'm willing to stay here and preach if that's what you want. You know, I'll, I'm willing, I want to stay in the material world to, to save others. That sounds very noble. But Prabhupada said, no, you, first of all, want to go home now. In other words, what Prabhupada is trying to tell us in a subtle way is it's checkout time. You know, it's checkout time. You ever stay in a motel and, you know, just before like 11 o'clock in America, they usually check out. They'll, like about quarter till 11 or 10.30, the phone will ring. Checkout time, time to go. Staying over? No, no, I'm leaving. Okay, 11 o'clock. Okay, yes, yes. You see, you have to leave or make a commitment to stay another day. And that means, you know, give some more dinero, you see. So uh, that's what is happening with us in this ISKCON. It's checkout time. It's time to go. We're here just a short time. We don't know how long. It could be any minute, you see. It's time to leave. I hope your bags are packed. Because it's not time to start getting ready. It's time to be ready to go back home to Godhead. You know? It's time to be ready. If it could happen at any minute, we should be ready. We don't want to miss this opportunity. How would we feel if we missed this opportunity? And you get a human birth. And you have all the spiritual knowledge that you had from your previous birth. And you have that realization. Wow. I missed the boat. You know. I missed it. I fooled around and fooled around and fooled around. And the boat sailed. And here I am. For this lifetime. And that could be. It could seem like an eternity to you. And then here you are trying to squeeze the material energy from some enjoyment. You see, suffering. That would be a, the highest suffering. To have the realization that you, that you blew it. What suffering, you see. So, um, here we are. We're in this ISKCON. We're being trained. We're going through basic training. Training on how to go back to Godhead. How to associate with Krishna. We get to associate with Krishna on a daily basis. We get to associate with Krishna's devotees. We are allowed to perform devotional service anytime we want to. Krishna will accept it. You see, this is, we're, we're being trained to go back to Godhead. So, are there any questions or comments? Yes, Mishra?
to be respectful to Bishadim, but at the same time, it just doesn't, it's, doesn't taste very good. It's not, it just seems unedible, and we want to be respectful. At the same time, how, how can we, like, balance that out? Well, I think what you're describing, uh, and for the benefit of those who are listening, uh, Mishra's point before he got the microphone was um, that sometimes, now this is sometimes, you're not talking all the time, right? Often. Too often. Yeah, but often. Oftentimes the prasadam isn't uh, uh, satisfying because it's too much chili, too much salt, too much uh, whatever, you know. So uh, how should we react? You see, Mahaprasadam, when Mahaprasadam is offered, we don't discriminate. It's too hot, too much salt. Uh, uh, um, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati, his prasadam was so salty, his Mahaprasadam was so salty that the devotees had a hard time taking it. He liked salt. He ate lots of salt. So, I mean, I can't see if Srila Bhakti Siddhanta said, here, would you like some maha right off his plate? And I'm going to say, nah, come on, you're all in the salt. And, you know, I don't do that. You know, obviously, my dear Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, obviously you've never been to Whole Foods. Or the guy there, the guy there would have told you that you shouldn't eat so much salt. And we know that he knows you see, uh, too much chili. So when I find my, I can only speak for me in this situation. When I find myself reacting like that, the first thing I say is, I say this to myself. Who do you think you are? You know, how did you get to be uh, such a great judge of prasadam? I may think, well, I'm a great cook, and I know th- I know this, and I know that. You see, uh, so who do you think you are? I can I start this accepting and rejecting, and I try to catch it real soon. Now it may mean that if I go in, the the, the prasadam is a little too salty or a little too too much chili. That means I'm going to eat less, maybe. Because I don't understand. I'm not advanced enough to appreciate that it's prasadam. Now, some people could argue. Well, if it's way too much salt or it's way too much chili, I don't think that that Radharani allowed it to be uh, put in front of Krishna. So maybe Krishna didn't accept it. I don't know. I think that's, that's over my head. I can't start imagining that. You see what I mean? As President Obama sometimes says, that's over my pay grade. You see, it's over my pay grade to, to think that. My, I don't know, you see. I think if it's offered with love and devotion, it's accepted by Krishna. And because I may be from one t- part of the world that doesn't like so much salt and chili, and someone else is from another part of the world that does accept uh, salt and chili... And can, with love and devotion, offer it to Krishna. I don't believe that Krishna is going to say, I don't like that. I'm with the guy at Whole Foods. You know, 
I, I can't believe that, and I'm, I'm picking on Whole Foods because those guys are always telling you, don't eat this, don't eat that. I'm thinking, yeah, you know. Can I see your medical degree? You know, my dear sir, you're giving me advice, you know. I mean, as far as the salt thing goes, um, there was a thing on the internet, I put it on Facebook, they debunked the salt myth. They were saying salt is poison and yada yada. It's not. Too much of anything will kill you. Too much water will kill you. That's a fact. If you drink too much water in a day's time, you will die. Purified, perfectly pure water will kill you if you drink too much of it. Okay, we all know we need, we need lots of water. So, too much salt will kill you. Too much sugar will kill you. But too little salt will kill you. You see? In some parts of the world, like in India, uh, especially in Govardhan, when you take your meal in Govardhan, in many parts of Braj, when they serve you out, they're going to put a teaspoon of salt on your plate. Now, there's already salt in the food. Now, why do they put that teaspoon of salt on the plate? No, it's not for taste at all. It's because they live there in that climate and they know, buddy, you need this. Because you're going to sweat this, this amount of salt out by lunch. You need this. This is going to leave your body. I mean, we've all been out where we sweat and there's... You can feel, you know, the salt all comes out of your body and it gets uh, dried on your face or wherever, you know, so. Who are we to say you don't need? Well, you do. It's one of the natural elements. As a matter of fact, I've got a heart problem. I did a lot of research. If one of the problems with an irregular heartbeat is not enough salt, you got to have, it, it, it helps the... Um, uh, the electrical impulse go through the heart. It completes it. Complete. It makes the the circuit better. So, workers that work out in the hot sun take salt pills. So, to everybody that really knows that lives in that world of of, of sweating and you know and and they they know you need this stuff. Everybody knows it except for maybe some of the people. I'm going to pick on the guys at the Whole Foods. They'll tell you, "Don't eat enough salt," you know. They're always saying cut back. Why cut back? Now, if a doctor, if a doctor says you've got high blood pressure and you need to cut back on salt, then do it. You see, I mean, I asked. I just came from uh, the hospital in Mumbai. I had a checkup, and I asked him. I said, you know, is it okay to eat salt? Yes, you need it. Just don't eat too much. Don't be a fool. The problem with it is that there's, in America, is there's people eat all these snacks and they're full of this industrialized powdered salt, which is intense, like potato chips, intense salt. So they're telling everybody, don't eat, don't eat, you cut back on salt. Just give up your stupid snacks, your potato chips and stuff, and eat normally. So I'm saying all this to say that who am I to say? That somebody who prepared this prasadam from a different part of the world, that, that, that's not unhealthy. So they've, they've accepted this way of cooking 
And in love and devotion, they're offering it to Krishna. Who am I to say that Krishna didn't accept it or that it's bad? It's still prasadam. But now if a doctor has told you, don't eat this, don't eat the chilies, don't eat, then you probably need to avoid or just you know take a little bit to honor it. You see what I mean? So it's a, it's a, it's a difficult situation to deal with sometimes because I go in there and I want to eat. Right? I'm hungry. I'm ready to eat. I want food. And you know what? I want it my way. I want whoever cooked to cook it the way I wanted it. Oh, wait a minute. They didn't cook it for me. They cooked it for Krishna. You see? As a matter of fact, I wasn't even thought of when it was being prepared. The cook didn't think, well, Jivananda's here and, he, and he's going to want this and he's not going to want... You see? I can't be all upset. They didn't even put me in the equation. It was all about you and Krishna. You cooked food that you know how to cook and you've learned how to cook and you were raised cooking and you offered to Krishna with love and devotion. You didn't think about me. And that's okay. That's all right. I'm all right with that. And if I don't, I'll maybe take a little bit to honor it, and I'll go cook something myself if I, if I can't eat it, you see? You see what I mean? Now, I mean, it's, this is kind of tough to do because we're not thinking of going to honor prasadam. I'm thinking I want to go eat. I want to satisfy my tongue. And I want it done. I want it cooked as if I'd cooked it myself. And if we go uh, with that attitude, there's going to be times when we're going to be disappointed. You know? And it ain't because the cook is a bad cook. You, you know? I mean, this is a, a multifaceted world. There's so many. And this movement has spread all over the world. It's just like, you know... Um, well, and it's not, it's not uncommon for us to be attached to the foods from our homeland. It's just like there's, in Mayapur, there's so many Russians now. I mean, there's like, I don't know, thousands. It's 7,000, I think, Russians came to the, this year or something. I don't know, some, some big number. And many of them live there already, you know. So uh, they set up, during the Mayapur uh, festival, they set up this big tent and they started to cook for the Russians. Because the Russians come there and they want to eat Russian food. So they started to cook Russian food for Russians. A little bit of a Vedic spin on it. A little bit. But basically, you know, I went there and tried it out. And it's, it wasn't bad. It's different. You see. So, but many people find it a little bland. You see. Someone that was raised in some parts of Africa or India or uh, Malaysia or other places, Thailand, they may think, well, this is bland. It doesn't have any salt and chilies. What the heck's wrong with these stupid Russians? You see what I mean? Who's right? Who's right? I'm just going by my, my tongue. My tongue says it likes this and it likes that. 
And the guy down the street at the store told me that I should eat this and I shouldn't eat that, and I believe him. And so I have my own conceptions of what food should be. But now let's think about what prasadam is. Prasadam is an offering of love to Krishna. And my offering of love may be different than your offering of love. Does that make any sense? I know it's tough. It's tough to, to, to not feel that way. You know, I've, sometimes I go in the prasadam room and I feel totally neglected. I think they didn't cook this for me at all. You know, they weren't thinking of me one bit. You see, they were thinking of Krishna. Darn it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. You know. But like I say, this is basic training. You know, when we go back home, back to Godhead, if, if Balaram hands you some nice opulent prasadam and it's full of salt and chilies, you're not going to, you're not going to say, eh, you know, you see, we're getting ready to, to learn how to honor the mercy of the Lord. And maybe sometimes when it comes to prasadam and eating at the temple, taking prasadam at the temple, we take a little bit to honor it and then we go cook whatever pleases us. It may, it may have to be that way, you know. So, uh, it's hard for me to say that I am worthy to, to say someone's cooking improperly. Or, now, I mean, if they're trying, if somebody's trying to cook a, a, a Vedic dish or a tra traditional Indian dish, you know, you can tell if they've, if they've goofed it up sometimes. You see what I mean? Or somebody's trying to make Mexican food, but it tastes like Italian. You can tell when they kind of goof up, but that's not so much the case. Okay, anything else? Yes, Patita Pavana. Uh, I would just like to make a comment about uh, something you know, that you made. Uh, how would you feel if you go back to God and you realize? You go back to God, um, at the end of your life, you, uh, and you realize I blew it. I could have gone back to Godhead, but I blew it. Yeah. I really appreciate that comment that you made. Yeah, because we were this close. <laughs> I mean... I mean, I was there. I, I, got, I got to the dock to get on the ship to go on the cruise. And at the last minute, I hesitated and it sailed away. So here I am. All my friends, they're all, they, they made the cruise. They sailed away. You know, here they are. Balaram is giving them a nice seat and honey milk. And, you know, and here I am trying to squeeze some enjoyment out of the material energy. Woe is me, you know. I'd feel like jumping off the dock into the water. You know, that's, that's a tough situation. So, but sometimes we don't think about that. We, we feel like, we, we know we're, we're, we're like spoiled children of a, of a very wealthy man. You see, we have abundance of everything. We have abundance of prasadam. We have kirtan every day, beautiful deities every day, you know. So we get to the point where we can take it for granted, you know. 
I don't have to go see the deities today. I mean, I saw them yesterday, and I can go tomorrow if I want to. So i got a million other things that I, I can plan. You see, we, we have that tendency to do that because we're, we're immersed in Krishna's mercy. We, we can't... Uh, oftentimes we forget our position, our exalted position as devotees of Krishna. We're incredibly fortunate. Not that we should become puffed up, you know. I mean, it's difficult if we think about our position as devotees. It could become difficult not to feel puffed up when you walk amongst your fellow man that doesn't come to the temple. But we should, we don't do that. You know, we we have to be humble. But I mean, we're very exalted living entities. We're living a very exalted life. You see. We're pampered and spoiled at every moment. There's a statement that really causes me a lot of fear. I don't know if, how much it applies to Vaishnava philosophy, but uh, it's a common statement. Familiarity breeds contempt. Ah, Not yeah. familiarity breeds familiarity or anything else. Contempt. Contempt. Do you have anything to say about that yeah. statement? Yeah. Well, we get, like I'm saying, we get spoiled. We get so familiar. We're so familiar with Krishna, we don't really realize it, but we're so familiar that we can actually put him off. You know, I've read the Bhagavad Gita, and almost every page Krishna is asking me to do what? Surrender. He keeps throwing that word up. Surrender. If you surrender to me, I'll do this. You know, I will deliver you. Have no fear. Surrender, 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 surrender. And I'm thinking, yeah, I, I'm with you, but not, not today. You know, I'm real close, though, Lord. And I know you're going to be there tomorrow. I mean, I could, you're going to be there. You and Rada Rani are going to be there. I walk in there. I, I can surrender fully tomorrow, but I don't have to today, you know. Maybe next week, because I was going to go on vacation. I was going to kind of live it up a little bit. So maybe next week, when I get back, I'll come in. You'll be there. I know you will be. You're not going anywhere. See, we think like, well, you're not going anywhere, Krishna. You're going to be here. So I'll surrender when I get around to it. You know, right now, all my, all my tuits are square. But when I get around one, then I'll surrender to you. You see? So... We just have to encourage one another and, and sometimes just become conscious of our, our true position, our true situation. You know, we're extremely fortunate. Extremely fortunate. None of us really has a, a problem in the world. That's why sometimes people, as I travel around, people want to tell me their problems. Oh, you know what's going on? Oh, it's terrible. It's just like a friend of mine called me last night. I've known him, nice devotee. I've known him for a long time. And, um, and he's getting a divorce. And he wanted me to do the, uh, what do they call it? Pity party. Is that what? You know, he wanted me to go there with him. And I'm, I'm not, you know. So sometimes people, they want to know, well, why aren't you feeling my pain? When I came to you with pain in my heart, I wanted to share it with you, and I wanted you to hurt too. You know, we can hurt together. 
And, and it's, it's just impossible for me to think that any one of you, any one of us, has the slightest thing to complain about. I don't care what's happening. You know, your arms may be falling off. Whatever. The doctor says you're going to die with this horrible disease. You know what that is? That's good fortune. Oh, now I have to surrender to Krishna. I'm not... So in other words, you're telling me my time is limited. So I, you know, now... None of us has any misfortune. We're all totally fortunate. You could say, well, you know, my, my cat got run over. and yeah, You know, I feel for you, but... Janhari Krishna. You know, I mean, all of us have seen horrible things happen in our lives. And then we realize, all I really have is Krishna. I have Guru and Krishna. And the devotees. And I am so fortunate. I don't need anything else. I don't want anything else. You see. So that's the process of this uh, living as a devotee in ISKCON to come to that realization I don't need anything else no matter what happens it may cause me a little bit of pain for a, uh, for a bit but I'm going to get over it you see because I am extremely fortunate I'm the most fortunate okay is that it? Let's wrap it up. Thank you so much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. It's grace, Jivananda Prabhu. Kija.
तदीय पद पंकज पंजरास प्राण प्रयाण समय कंठावरोधन प्राण प्रयाण समय कफवात कंठावरोधन
I'm 
Lakshmi 